Welcome to the 517 Life Podcast, a ministry of The Exchange. I'm Virginia Bowles, and today we're getting to hear from my dear friend, Celeste Jordan. Celeste is a wife, mom, and occupational therapist who is passionate about knowing God and making Him known. On this episode, Celeste shares her faith journey and how God sought her out in college. She talks about falling deeper in love with God through His Word and the miraculous work He did in her life recently. I hope you're encouraged to dig deeper in the truth God gives us in His Word today by listening to Celeste's story. We're so glad that you are here today. We have a special guest, one of our dear friends, and we're excited to get to introduce her to you and let you hear her story. And before we get to that, we just want to say that Heather is not with us today. She's not feeling well, so we are um, missing her today. So it's Carrie and me and our guest, our friend Celeste Jordan. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we're so glad you're here. And um, we want to hear just a little bit about who you are. So tell us. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me here. So my name is Celeste Jordan and I am married to Josh Jordan, who is the worship and creatives pastor here at the Exchange Church. And we've been married for 10 years this year. Just celebrated that. Yeah. And um, we have uh, three incredible children, Piper, who's seven, Judah, who's six, and Brooks, who is almost three. Wow. Yeah. So um, we always say that we have front row tickets to the circus, but it's the best show on earth. It's fun. (laughs) It's always entertaining. There's never a dull moment. It's crazy. You know, when we uh, found out we were pregnant, we were not expecting him whatsoever. And it was kind of like this moment. God, if you are giving us this child, which I thank you for that, but something better come out of his life and say, like please god no pressure um, I know, right but man now it's like i just we just can't imagine life mm-hmm. without him it's kind of cool to see him enter in the mix of the family i mean he you know fully believes he's just as big as piper <laughs> and judah and so um he just amazes us with <laughs> The things that come out of him, but um, he's taught us a lot just to be fully present and enjoying the moment. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Well, y'all have been here at The Exchange for several years, Mm -hmm. and I have loved just getting to see you and Josh kind of lead together. You're on our worship team with Mm -hmm. him, and just your faith is like so strong, and it's like I want that kind of faith where it's just like, it just exudes from you, you know, it's and contagious. it's contagious. That's a perfect <laughs> word. I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to be Celeste when I grow up, oh, although no, we're no, like no. probably close to the same age. <laughs> but, uh, but tell us about your faith story and how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny that you know, I'm talking about this because I recently discussed this with Josh about how looking back on that time, you know, I can see where it was God that chose me. Um, hmm. and is the one that put the pieces together. I, I didn't reach out to him. He reached out to me. It's kind of interesting to see that. And as I've grown in my understanding and knowledge of, of God's plan and his design that I can look back and say like, yeah, that he, he sought me out. Mm-hmm. He pulled me out. Um, not myself. You know, I, I grew up, um, in a home that where Jesus was spoken of, um, but mostly as far as like we're supposed to go to church on Sunday 
and um, just probably just kind of followed because it's what culture did. You know, down here in the South, you go to church on Sunday and then you go to Granny's to eat supper afterwards Mm -hmm. and then you go home and take a nap while NASCAR or golf is on TV. And um, so anyways, I grew up um, in Catholicism. And so I didn't hear much about salvation, but that doesn't mean that that wasn't presented. I just don't think that my mind was open to it yet. Um, You know, Jesus was discussed, but I didn't know the depravity of my soul and and what it meant that Jesus actually had to go to the cross um, for my sin. I, I just thought, that going to church and just trying my best to live a life, um, you know, of doing good and um, obeying my parents as best as I could, though I did not do that well at all. (laughs) Um, You know, I thought that was enough. And, um, but we, you know, we know the truth of that, (laughs) that that's not the case. Um, But it was not until my summer before going to college that I began to think about doing life differently. Um, Nothing was going on. I mean, I was definitely living in sin with the choices I was making Um, in and out of relationships constantly, you know, kind of the, the party life was where I existed. And, um, but I don't know what made me cause to think other than God that, as I was about to transition to community college, um, it was always a joke that if you went to this certain community college, um, that you were just going to the 13th grade. Um, because basically what you did and who you hung out with in high school where I grew up, it would be the same people in the same environment, just at another setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I was just beginning to get tired of that. Um, knowing how empty I felt and knowing where it it continued to, um, land me. Um, so it was almost a moment that I was like, well, God, I almost like I was giving him this ultimatum, but like really (laughs) looking back on that, like (laughs) who am I to say that to him? But even in his kindness and mercy, he, he met me. I said, if I'm going to do life differently, then I'm going to need you to surround me with different people because this where I'm going is the 13th grade. I'm going to continue to be surrounded by these same people I've always been surrounded with and will likely continue to do life like I've done it. And so I had to go start um, semester, the semester early because uh, I, I got a scholarship for soccer. And um, the two, it, so I started two weeks before the fall semester started. And um, wouldn't you know, he met me there that um, he uh, he gave me um, almost every single teammate on on my team was a sold out firm believer in Jesus. And um, I think for that moment, their example that was put on display for me was like, this can be real. And and I can have fun and I can find joy while still pursuing God, you know. And so I was invited to the Baptist Student Union there on campus. 
And I didn't like have this moment of like this altar call where I came up to the front and um, spoke with the pastor. But I definitely walked my way home back to my dorm in surrender hmm. and wow. said, you've, you've met me here. You are real. And I choose to surrender to you. And um, I met my best friend who was a teammate of mine on the soccer um, team. Her name's Jamie Childs. She was Jamie Jones at the time. But she was um, the one that took me under her wing and showed me what it was to be um, a follower of Christ. You know, taught me how to, the best she could, taught me how to read the Bible and what it meant to be a servant and, um, you know, what it meant to do life with others in community. And so I just, I just thank God for um, East Central Community College. I always say it's like this um, bubble <laughs> for mm-hmm. me where God just gave me um, people surrounding me with good community. Um, and I, that's where my faith journey started. Now, it's not been perfect since then, um, especially initially. I mean, God, you know, had to get quote-unquote Egypt out of me. He rescued mm-hmm. me out of Egypt, mm-hmm. but then had to get Egypt out of me, and that didn't happen overnight. But... Um, it's been, it's been a, uh, ongoing process since then. And I'm thankful for it. Thankful for his faithfulness and, um, his kindness and mercy and leading me to repentance. So that's such a gift and an answered prayer that when you prayed, you know, send, surround me with people yeah. that will, um, bring me to you. And I, I kind of feel like that, that was a, pretty big moment for where you were in your life. And you kind of mentioned you were just kind of tired of that emptiness you were feeling. Can you speak a little bit more towards that? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of what you were feeling and why, why you decided to go to God? Mm -hmm. Um, it was definitely in the choice, the life choices I was making. Um, I found my joy and satisfaction in, um, relationships and, um, but I I didn't know any other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I knew Looking back now, I knew what I was, I know what I was searching for, but I was running to what the Bible calls a broken cistern that could not give me the living um, spring of water that I needed. Uh, you know, the, what's that uh, word they use nowadays? Some young people call it, she be thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thirsty. But I was running to the to the wrong wells. Yeah. I was looking to men to satisfy um, desires that were only meant for God to mm-hmm. satisfy. And so I found that. That's what I was saying. The joy that I thought um, I knew, di- I didn't think it happened in a relationship with God. Because mm. I guess what I had seen in the past was just restriction mm-hmm. um, and... Um, needing to follow the rules so it felt like you know you were bound down and didn't have the freedom to do life but what I found was life and life abundantly yeah yeah and and then out of that you received community yep Mm -hmm. that um and you can find community in many different ways Mm -hmm. and many different uh, walks of life and beliefs but you got the community that brought you to everlasting life Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but not through them through jesus obviously and um i i love that 
that this right here can speak to women who are at that age. Maybe they are in 13th grade, as, yeah. as it's been called. Yeah. Um, or they're going into college or they're at that age where they're, they are um, wondering, uh, maybe they're feeling that emptiness that you just described. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your encouragement to them um, if they are feeling maybe a similar way to you? And um, when it comes to community, how would you encourage them? Oh, we need each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I probably didn't do the best initially with community. God still had to work out some things in me as far as uh, not liking to be vulnerable um, and to be open to uh, have other people pray for me, especially with struggles and um, things like that. But um Man, I mean, that's why God designed the church. I mean, that's why the church exists. It's just to help us walk with one another and bear with one another, pray for one another, mm-hmm. do for one another, love one another. Um, we we definitely need each other. Um, and we also need, you know, people in our lives that uh, can hold, a, hold us accountable, you know, um, some trusted people that we have in our lives that, to call us out when we need to be called out. Um, but that takes vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, and an openness to that. But man, the church is where God allows some healing to happen. And so we need to be open to community, even though that's scary. And yeah. there's people in the past that have been hurt and yeah. burnt by that, unfortunately. Um, but, um, you know, God's bigger than all of that. And we, you know, we don't come to church for social uh, reasons, but to, you know, be able to unite together as a family mm-hmm. under one name. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of hope and a lot of healing and a lot of life when you have community around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And we think about our God who is triune, um, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, Father, Son, um, and God is community yeah, in himself. So yeah. it's kind of the perfect example that we are, um, you know, made in his image, we also need that community. Mm-hmm. And it, and it sounds like your friend, Jamie yeah. was really important in Absolutely. that. You talked about having somebody that would call you out mm-hmm. and, and call you up. So yeah. was she that person for you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be vulnerable. I'm sure. And I made it real easy for her to do that. There's a lot I needed to be called out on yeah. and a lot I didn't receive well, but mm. you know, I still heard it and now looking on it, thankful for it. Yeah. Um, I know I may have felt like a um a messy person to her, like, why didn't she listen to me? Or, you know, but it may not be that I took a step in that moment, but I definitely have now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thankful for the times that she stuck with me, um, and bared with mm-hmm. me and didn't give up on me but continue yeah. to press in. And we still have a relationship today. It's changed some because she's now in another city, has a family of her own. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one cool thing about best friends is like, you can just pick up mm-hmm. right where you left off. It doesn't right. matter how long it's been since we've talked or seen each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so thankful. She was, a, she was a gift, yeah. a definite mm-hmm. gift to me. Sure. Saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I have struggled in my own life, like, as far as, like, uh, when I see my friends, like, going off the beaten path a little bit, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard for me to, like, call them out sometimes, because I feel like, 
well, they know better and they're just actively rejecting like what Mm -hmm. they know to be the truth in this moment. And so it can be really hard, like when you're in the position that your friend Jamie was in to like be that voice. And, and if, even if you get the guts up to do it, to do it in a loving way that hopefully, uh, doesn't just completely wreck the relationship, you know? And so what would you say to the people who may be in a role of like calling people higher in their lives or even just in evangelism, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a big word, but like in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, like just in the, in the Bible belt, we feel like everybody here knows the good news Mm -hmm. of Jesus. Right. And just either accepted or rejected it, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's so hard to actively live on mission when you're in that mindset, which is something I've kind of been struggling with. Mm-hmm. So it can be like with your friends or just with the world in general that we're called to minister to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know something that we've kind of identified here in the South is that um, sure there, there are lost people that we are reaching. But here in the South, the most difficult um, evangelism that we have is that we have people who think they're saved when they're not. Mm -hmm. And so convincing them (laughs) that um, they've never really truly declared Jesus as Lord with their life Mm -hmm. um, and have lived that out, you know, that's that's a hard task, you know. But thank God it's not up to us, you know. It's Mm -hmm. up to God to work on on their heart. And we're just the mouthpiece, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, as far as, I guess, evangelism goes or, or talking to a friend, like you're saying, um, it all, I mean, it really does all boil down to is, is if you say that Jesus is Lord, then he's Lord of everything. He's not just Lord over this one area of your life. He's Lord over all. And if it, if your life is not reflecting that, then we, we need to hold each other accountable to that. Um, you know, it's not, it's not fun. It's not easy. But it's about allegiance, you know, mm-hmm. to Jesus. You know, he says, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. And um, in First John, it says that they're not burdensome, his commandments. Those things that he's called us to, they're not too heavy. They're not too difficult to do. It's just a surrender of the will, mm-hmm. you know, a surrender to deny ourselves and um, be in submission to what it to his will. I mean, because... The the true story is that this is God's world mm-hmm. and we're his people and we live under his rule and reign. And until you accept that, then you're going to do your own thing mm-hmm. and be about yourself and try to be God. Mm-hmm. So It's just so much easier when you see your friends who are or aren't Christians do something that y- you are concerned about may right. not be yeah. uh, in line with scripture. It's so much easier just to say, you do you, you right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, if yeah. that's what you want to do. Right. But yeah. to actually stop and say like, well, if you say that you are a Christ follower, yeah. that goes with right different ways of living yeah and i think jesus modeled that for us very well it's grace and truth Mm -hmm. you know you don't sacrifice truth but you give it in grace you don't trample on the truth but you don't trample on the person either Mm -hmm. um and so you know anytime i've had to have a difficult conversation with someone you know in humility i just say please know i'll the reason why i'm approaching you in this is because i love you and i care for you and 
I want you to be in line with what God has for you and what he's called you to in your life. So this is just me caring for you mm-hmm. and, and just try to set it up from that aspect. And I will say, I guess most of the times I've had those conversations, it's been received very well. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that won't happen <laughs> in the future where it's not received well, mm-hmm. but who do I have to answer to? Mm-hmm. I have to answer to God. And so if I'm feeling a push to, you know, call someone out or or not out, like you said, call someone up. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me change that verbiage a little bit. Call someone up. Um, I have to answer to that. And I don't have to answer to anyone else. Mm -hmm. So. I love that. mm -hmm. Well, you have had a really amazing last year or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. I'm, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I would love to hear you talk about. Man. Because um, I've heard you briefly describe to me kind of the season you've walked through lately and how yeah. God just showed up in what seems like to me hearing it a miraculous way oh, in yeah. your life. Yeah. And I would love it if you wouldn't mind sharing that. I, I hope I don't talk too much because I feel like it's such a long story, but it's been it's been a long story for a reason because mm-hmm. God had to do a work in my heart. Um, so you may have to have a part two episode. <laughs> <laughs> of this, but I'll try my best to keep it concise. Um, man, I'm trying to think where to begin because honestly, um, I don't feel like I really started a full on journey of sanctification until 2019. Hmm. I came to faith in 2005 um, and did the things that I felt like, you know, like were shown to me and modeled to me, read, pray, things like that. Um, but as far as falling in love with the word and daily coming to God and dialoguing with him and inviting him into my day. I do not feel like that truly happened consistently. I had seasons um, here and there, but it did not consistently happen until 2019. And guess what? It went by my own doing. I firmly believe, and I don't know why God has chosen to speak to me in this way, because sometimes it feels like, is this even real? Because this (laughs) is kind of some weird things. (laughs) But he woke me up 2019, January 1st, as cliche as that sounds, the beginning of a new year, with the phrase, God is able. And um, I felt so... I felt so real and I felt so compelled to get out of bed that I needed to write that phrase down. I've never been a journaler, you know, nothing of that matter. So for me, even to do this, you know, I had some sort of encounter with God. And so I wrote down the words, God is able, wrote down the date. And um, what I felt like he was showing me was, I think it's Ephesians 3.20, where it talks about God is able to do the immeasurably more. Um, the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think that's how that's who he is he's powerful and um so in that I felt like um kind of over the course of that year he was leading me to a deeper pursuit of him um in word and in prayer 
And so um, Virginia can attest to this. She um, became an accountability partner for me um, with LifeJournal. And so 2019 was the first year that I had completed um, reading through the New Testament completely and journaling on it. And um, it was such a such a cool moment to see um, that God was able <laughs> I've seen him. <laughs> he he did an able um, kind of work in my life numerous times in 2019. But that was one thing that he was able to do was to give me a love for his word. Um, and I, I remember our last life journal entry. Um, it was just a moment of celebration and just like, man, I can't get enough now. Yeah. Once I've tasted mm-hmm. and seen the goodness of 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 the treasure that's there. I can't get enough of it. Didn't want to stop. Didn't want to stop. Yeah. Um, it didn't end on, on December 31st, no, it, 2019. No, it didn't. No, it, it's incredible. But um, that year, God did some incredible things, some things that we definitely didn't seek after. Um, he um, gave us an opportunity to open up for Lauren Daigle, um, the exchange worship. So that was kind of a cool moment that he, he was able to um, let us experience something like that. Um and then um, he was able to do some things as far as, um, yeah, in, in our family and in our marriage that um, in our immaturity that um, we were kind of letting, especially in ministry too, um, that we were kind of not dealing with. And it came to a front where um, God was able to heal some things. And so it was really cool um, to see his faithfulness to live out what God is able meant for me in that year. Okay, sorry, y'all. I told y'all it was a long story, but I felt like that was the beginning of kind of this journey mm-hmm. because my I, I was not giving him space to speak to me. And 2019 was the start of that. And so here we go again, January 1st, 2020. Um, we started a corporate fast here at the exchange. And... Um, Pastor Bryant told us that for the things that we were asking God about, that we needed to expect him to answer. And so um, in January 2020, I, or even, and even a few months before that, I start to feel a shift in my heart um, about my career and about um, the direction of what God had for me mm-hmm. and I know it was him I know it was his doing to shift that in my heart because I had always been a person that said I will work 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 and um, you didn't tell us about your career yeah in so yeah I'm in um I went to school for occupational therapy um I got my master's and um so anyways that's that's I've been doing that for about 10 years now but you know kind of s- society tells you that you find your thing and you go with your thing and you run with your thing and you be the best at it. And that was the mindset of that I had. And, um, I felt like that was what was modeled for me at at, at home that you, you choose that job and you stay loyal to that job and you work hard for what you want. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just always had this mindset and especially with Josh in ministry that I was going to be the one to work and I was the breadwinner and I needed to provide financially for our family. So, um, anytime anybody would thrown out, 
throw out the idea of me coming home. I'm like, are you crazy? No, <laughs> I would never be good for my kids. It's better that I go <laughs> work and, and they go to school. I would not do well for them. Um, but interesting enough, God shifted that in my heart. And so that was my prayer, January 2020, um, that God, I asked him, is it time for me to come home? Because I'd started kind of feeling a shift. And I'll never forget, it was a three, I think it was a 20, 21 day mm-hmm. fast. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I was at work. It was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And um, I was working with a patient and I um, had my phone on me as I have to have it at all times in case a doctor calls. Um, and so I was finish up, finishing working out with a patient and I got a phone call from a number I didn't know, but it was a Jackson number. So I figured it was a doctor calling me. And um, to give you a little bit of backstory, I had had a previous conversation with a um, old coworker of mine. Her name is Abby and she um, is an occupational therapist who transitioned from full-time to part-time and I had randomly seen her at a field trip where both of our kids were um, present at and so I saw her was catching up with her and she was asking me how life was and and at that time God had already started shifting in my heart and so I was kind of talking to her about and this was October 2019 and I was like but I just I just don't know if we can financially and then there's this whole insurance piece you know I just don't just don't think I, I can do it and she's like you got you know she she's like if we can do it you can do it and so it was like a a matter of faith Mm -hmm. you know to trust and believe that um yeah if God was calling me to it that he could do it and so she suggested to me at that point to call um talk to her husband um or to Jared Nelson who 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 has done some classes here at the exchange whose wife is coming on the podcast yeah good yeah (laughs) that's awesome um she suggested that I talk to them and um, just kind of see, let them look at our finances and kind of say, you know, is it possible possible for me to come home? And so, you know, I said, yeah, yeah, um, I, I've heard of Jared, you know, he has some connections to our church, you know, we could probably reach out to him or, or you know, she gave, she gave me Lee's number at that point, but I didn't do another thing with it because at that point, you know, I'm thinking this is not possible, I'm going to have I need to work. I got to work. I got to support our family. Mm-hmm. And um, so fast forward to Martin Luther King. So that was back in October 2019. This is January 2020. I answered the phone call and still during the fast. And um, there was a man on the other end. And he said, hey, is, is this Celeste? And I said, uh, yeah. And he said, well, this is Abby. I mean, this is Lee. Excuse me. This is Lee, Abby's husband. I'm calling to see if you're still interested in coming home. And so in that moment, I was um, taken back, but then remembered what Pastor Bryant said, expect God to answer. And I felt that that was my answer to move forward in the process of returning, uh, of coming home. And um, so anyways, he wanted to meet with us. And so I felt like that was my next step of obedience was to sit down with um Lee and with Jared to talk about our finances and so we did that in February and um you know they it's it's nice to have 
a third party look at your finances and kind of piece out, you know, well, if we lose your salary, let's look and see where we can make up your salary with things. And so he um, pretty much told me that if you'll at least work one day a week, um, this is possible. You can do this. And so um, in that moment, it felt some assurance, but still holding on to the doubt and the disbelief that uh, that it wouldn't happen um, or it couldn't happen. And then, but I was also fighting um, comfort, mm. the familiarity of my routine and knowing, you know, what to expect from day to day. And so at that at that time, we walked away and it was like, okay, so it's possible, but you know, we can save up here and there and we can pay the van off. So, you know, we're thinking like two years down the road uh, of pulling the trigger on this. But God had different plans. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me. Yeah. Two years from now, I might come home. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're working towards that. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that was like a defense mechanism because of fear. Yeah. Like I'm still in control. So I'm still going to say it's going to be two years. Not right. anytime soon. Um. But I remember feeling overwhelmed in, in, in June of 2020 um, to the point where I was still questioning, like, if you've called me to this, then I, I feel like I need to know when. I'm saying two years, but I continue to feel this shift that you're calling me sooner. Um, and so... Josh came in one morning in the living room and he found me crying, but it was because I was just overwhelmed in that moment about taking this step of faith. And so I said, would it be wrong of me to fast again and ask God for a date? Like, I mean, that just seems so childish and so, you know, showing my lack of faith to ask for a date. But he said, no. No, he's like, and I'll do it with you because I know it means that much to you. So we started a three-day fast of um, no food. And um, interesting enough, you know, COVID had happened at that point. And so the hospital was taking a financial hit. And um, during that time, they had alluded to a possibility of, of a layoff. And so the second day of our fast, um, they called a mandatory meeting. Mm. And I knew what that mandatory meeting was because it was a looming. It was talk around the hospital mm -hmm. about some layoffs. And so I, I texted Josh and I said, hey, I'm just letting you know, I don't find it coincidental that there's a layoff about to happen. They've called a meeting. If they let someone go, I'm volunteering and I'm coming home. Is I'm thinking, you know, God's God's moving in this fast. And he said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. We always jokingly say, like, we're living life out on a limb. Uh -huh. And he sent me this emoji of this uh, um, politically correct, uh, heavy, healthy person on the end of a limb holding on <laughs> <laughs> for dear life. And um, he's like, I, you know, if God's calling you to it, I know he'll he'll meet us. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, meet us to it and so anyways all to sum that up um they had already decided who they were going to let go but I felt um in that moment that it was almost a test kind of like a 
Isaac and Abraham moment that if I called you to it, would you do it? Mm -hmm. And I surrendered in that moment, walking to that meeting. God, if you call me to go home, I I will go home. And um, that night, went to bed and woke up and had the exact same visualization of God is able with the date March 22nd. And of course, I'm like, is this, is this you, Lord? Or am I making this up? You know, is this just a, my imagination going wild with me, you know, knowing what I've asked you for? And I'm like, March 22nd, that just doesn't even make sense, you know? Because mm-hmm. at that point, it was in June. Yeah. Um, but I wrote it down. Um, I wrote it down as the day, as my first day at home from work. Um, you know, there was moments where I was like, did you mean March 2022? Was that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> Put a little apostrophe in Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. But I was, you know, even though I had that date and, and that question, I was still thankful that I got a date. Mm-hmm. As po- and, you know, and that's what I told God. I'm like, I know I'm coming to you poor and needy, but I'm coming to you as your child, you know? And I trust you that much as my father that you would meet me here in my neediness because I'm depending, I'm dependent on you for this. And I want to be obedient to where you're calling me to. And um, so fast forward a little bit, we get to October 2020 and um, we're in a series. Um, I think it was called Different, Differently. Yeah, Live Differently. Well, yeah. Something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, you know, from June to October, I'm holding on to the date, but I'm still fighting complacency and comfort and familiarity. And it's like, I can, I can do this. I can pull myself up by the bootstraps and mm-hmm. continue to work and provide. Um, I was having um, physical manifestations of the stress that I was wearing with being, you know, full-time occupational therapist um, in a hard environment at UMC. I'm sure Austin, your husband, who's... Uh, MD mm-hmm. can attest to that. It's there's a lot of emotional wear and tear that come from comes yeah. from caring for those that are in dark and desperate moments. Um, to being you know full time mom to three kids with busy schedules and and, and busy little bodies. Goodness, <laughs> and coming home and um, being just tired and worn out, and you still got a meal to cook, and you still got baths, and you still got homework, and you still have some sort of quality time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we're doing full-time ministry and then you have family and friends that you want to, um, love well and treat well. And, um, you know, for the longest time I wore busyness as like this badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And of course I did get accolades from people like, man, you're killing this. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. And while I, I was thankful for that, for that, that my hard work was being seen and appreciated, but it was like, but for what cost? Mm. That's such a big thing in our culture, you know, mm-hmm. like working yourself to the bone is yeah. like, go you, you're doing yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not doing awesome. No. And I was down. not, I was not. I mean, I found myself in the ER oh my. one day um, at work thinking I was having a heart attack but Mm -hmm. what I didn't know is that I was actually having an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. um and I had never experienced it um 
before 2020. You know, there was a lot of factors that went into <laughs> that with COVID and, um, you know, a lot of unrest in the world, um, political year. There was a lot of information overload for me. And um, I was trying to take in too much information and was trying to rival God in being all-knowing and wanting to reach for knowledge so that I could arrive at the best decision to make peace with it all. And I couldn't. Mm. Actually, the more information I gained, the less peace I had. Mm. And there was many nights where I was up, heart pounding, um, couldn't sleep, you know, just spiraling with my thoughts. And, um, yeah, I found myself in the ER one day. My left arm, to me, was numb. And um, it, everything just felt off. This, this was on a weekend. It was a busy weekend. And uh, we were about to leave for vacation. And um, I had someone check my blood pressure, and it was, gosh, like, 145 over 90 Is that which bad? I mean <laughs> it's not <laughs> crazy bad but considering me like my size and you know my health I mean I'm normally a 120 over 70 you know mm-hmm. or lower than that and mm-hmm. so I thought I was having a heart attack mm-hmm. <laughs> but come to find out I was just having an anxiety attack and so anyways um you know I was having even skin issues I think you you remember me reaching out mm-hmm. to you so I was going to doctors I've never gone to in my life like dermatologists um I had busted eye vessels I was having to go to the ophthalmologist just everything that I was carrying was manifesting itself in the physical and so it was just a continual reminder like there is a reason why you're moving me home mm-hmm. I can't I can't run at this pace anymore I can't do it as much as I've worn this badge of honor I've gotta I gotta lay it down mm-hmm. and so we were in we entered into the series of differently and uh Bryant talked about this cycle of living comfortably versus living boldly now what he was speaking in the moment was not exactly what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me but in that life the Holy Spirit to take <laughs> something and speak directly to your situation. Uh, and what I felt in that moment is that I was still choosing comfort, even though it was killing me. Mm. And I felt that I needed to choose to live boldly. And um, so I went home, wrote it down. I think he even told us to put a reminder in our phone to live boldly. And that next morning during my quiet time, I'm reading about, I'm in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's talking about choosing um, the right treasure, choosing the right master, and um, choosing the right vision of what you focus on. And Live Boldly came up, and um, I felt the push that I needed to have a conversation with my boss Hmm. about coming home. And, you know, I'm thinking March 22nd. Like, all I got to do is give a 30-day notice. That don't happen until February. But here it is, October 2020, and, you know, I'm already like, well, what about March 22nd? You know, (laughs) what's what's up with that? But Mm -hmm. I felt deeply um, in my spirit that I need to go and have a conversation with my boss. So I showed up Monday, and I'm sitting in my cubicle, and, you know, I'm fighting. 
not wanting to go and have a conversation. But then I get sick as a dog <laughs> to where I felt like I was about to throw up right there in front of my coworkers in my cubicle. And so I, I talked to myself. I said, you either got to get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> or you got to get up and walk into your boss's office. And I had to pass her office on the way to the bathroom. And so I got up hoping she was busy or tied up, but of course she wasn't. And so <laughs> did this reluctant kind of wide turn <laughs> into her <laughs> office um, on October 5th. And I just laid it out for her, like, hey, I, I can't run at this pace anymore. And I came to her bold. I said, I'm coming to you boldly. Um, and asking favor from you, is there any way that you can switch me from full-time to part-time? And it just so happened that a part-time position had just become available. And she just needed me to stay long enough to hire someone to fill my full-time role. And then allow me to transition to part-time. So she asked me, could I give her to December 31st? And I said, absolutely. I can hang in there. There's a light, you know, at the end of the tunnel and I can make it. Um Interesting enough, what started on January 1st ended on December 31st. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it was a step of faith because we would be going three months without income. And I felt um, convinced that I was not supposed to pursue any kind of other job other than to wait for this part-time role. Now, the interesting thing about waiting for the part-time role without having to go into every single detail when you work for the state, you have to allow your PERS to take out your medical and personal time for your retirement. And that takes like a 90-day process. Mm -hmm. Normally, it takes a 90-day process. So there was going to be three months where I was not going to be able to provide any kind of financial assistance um, to our needs. Um, and that was part of the faith journey. Mm -hmm. and, and that was already a work that God had done in me before getting to this moment because I put a lot of faith you know when I was like work 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 I gotta be the breadwinner I put a lot of faith in the number that was in that bank account and um I, he had already done shown that to me and he had already done a work in me and it was even to the point where I don't I don't have access to our bank account so I don't even I don't even know how much money we have I, I have to trust that with Josh and he loves me enough that he's willing to take on the finances just so that I don't allow that um, to become a God to me mm -hmm. again. So you and, chose and to just not even look at it. I don't look at it. Yeah. I just, I just listen to him mm -hmm. and I just say, <laughs> Hey, I need to go and get this, this or this. And he'll say, yeah, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> and I just trust him, you know, yeah. trust Josh with it because I've, I mean, there was days before where I would constantly check the number it was in the bank account and if it got below a certain number and then it was like okay I need to pick up these extra hours I need to work 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 I got to get this number up above this um but yeah at that moment God taught me you know presence doesn't matter your presence matters and with you working more and more and more your presence is being taken away from your family and from what I called you to and so um I was trusting him in those 90 days and man he he did and it's so interesting the way that God does math is not logical. It's not what adds up on paper for us. It didn't make any sense. And, and, and you know, we, we would look and it would be like this. I don't know how, but other than God mm -hmm. um, has provided us, you know, 
the stim, you know, the the way the stimulus checks hit. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Um, so he knew, you know, he he knew what was coming in the future, and he knew right at the right time. And it was tax season, so our tax return came in at the right time. So God carried us through. Um, but the interesting thing with the March twenty second date, you know, I thought. You know, God, did you just give me that date just to say it doesn't matter if you come home now or it, it, it doesn't matter if you come home March 22nd. I got you. Mm. I got you. I'm the one that brings fruit to the vine. I'm the one that brings bread from the earth. Can you trust me to do that? And I, it doesn't matter when you come home because I'll do that if you'll just trust me. And um, so the 90 day process didn't take 90 days. It actually was about mid-February, which I can't do math. I don't math well. Maybe like 45 <laughs> days, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, that my purse uh, did what it needed to do. And so my boss reached out to me. She's like, hey, we can go ahead and start the process of rehiring you. And I said, okay. So a couple of weeks into that process, found myself at end of February, you know, doing background checks and fingerprint and all the stuff that you got to do to be rehired. And um, I met with her and she said, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, your start date, she said, I put it as March 1st, but I just had to put something down because you, you and I have not discussed that yet. And um, she said, when do you want to start? And so without thinking, you know, I'm thinking March, spring break. I was like, uh, can we at least get through spring break? Because I'll, I'll be needing to be with my kids because they'll be out of school. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And so she looked at the calendar and she said, well, what about March 22nd? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm like... Almost what about out. March 22nd? <laughs> Let me tell you. And man, it was just so cool that, you know, what I thought was, okay, God, maybe you just gave me that day just to say, it doesn't matter when you come home, come home. But yet he still was in the details that he was faithful enough to complete that which he started in me and gave me my first day of work as March 22nd. That's amazing that's yeah. what i was talking about about miraculous yeah when you first told me that i was like what no i know like he didn't have did you to think i was crazy that. i mean i believed you but i was like when does that doesn't happen i know you know and, and know. just he didn't have to make it be exactly march 22nd right. but he did no. that for you just no to, just, just to, to affirm an assurance and i mean and that's that's what he does that's who he is like you know you read through the bible and you see these crazy things that these people did like running around a a a wall blasting a trumpet <laughs> yeah. yeah you know but he crazy. calls us to do these crazy weird things because he's the only one that can get the glory for it you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's what it's been this this whole journey with him is he's the only one that can get the glory for what he's done in our faith journey all it took from me was a yes and obedience that was it and he met my obedience with his provision. Mm-hmm. And I've got all the confidence I need in that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. You know, we've been in that series of the why worry. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the story Pastor Brent just yeah. gave this past Sunday about um, the, the prophet Elijah and how he had been there to see God rain fire down on the the wet altar. Yep. And the, the prophets of Baal didn't receive anything from their quote unquote 
little G God. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but just in a few days, it was easy to, for Elijah to grow weary and, um, and even maybe forget what God had done. But, yeah. yeah. But, the confidence that you just talked about, it came because you saw God work Mm -hmm. and you believe it, you Mm -hmm. know, it was him and it couldn't been anything else, but him Mm -hmm. and that confidence while yes, we're human and sometimes can be easy to forget what God does for us in his provision. Uh, We're all human, but that confidence comes from remembering Mm -hmm. what God has done Mm -hmm. and providing for you and your family. When you released that comfort mm-hmm. of the the cushy bank account, you know, mm-hmm. the provision of what your job was providing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think all three of us walked through a similar <laughs> um, yeah. step last yeah. year of stepping out in yeah. faith. And yeah. um, I, what you said something earlier that I, I thought was just really interesting and maybe we could dig a little deeper into it for just a second but Mm -hmm. you said you were holding on to comfort Mm -hmm. but it was killing you Mm. um and that just holding on to comfort comfort's most supposed to make you feel good so Mm -hmm. it's make you feel better and um not hurt you Mm -hmm. but in reality the comfort of worldly things material things was actually killing you yeah yeah yeah, I mean, it was a God. I mean, that's all. It, it was an idol. And so what I was trying to get from it to what only God can give me, it was leaving me more broken and messed up than I was before. Mm. Well, related to that, something yeah. we've talked a little about lately is finding like rest and Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about that for you this year, Celeste, because yeah. I know you've... Um, that's something that's part of your story this year. So we, yeah. we went through 2019, right. we went right. through 2020, it's 2021, April, almost May of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us where rest um, has come in for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was, um, I felt like a word that um, I chose for the year, just kind of reflecting on what I had just come out of, mm-hmm. of striving, of earn, get, do, um, I felt like it was a word that I needed to explore and I needed to model and learn. Um, and you kind of affirmed me in it. You wrote me a sweet note <laughs> to, um, what, what, what you call, uh, early retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you affirmed that word, um, for me as well to not feel guilty about truly pursuing rest. Um, cause that, I mean that you, it touched on early Carrie that, you know, to not show productivity almost makes you feel bad and not like you're contributing to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, um, it's a, it's a rhythm that I'm still working out and I'm still not great at, but I'm definitely learning, mm. um, how to incorporate Sabbath into, um, our rhythm. Um, I remember, interesting enough, at the beginning of the year, went to hear a well-known speaker at a local church, and he talked about um, a passage where Jesus referred to himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. And I didn't like fully understand, you know, why would why would he call himself the Lord of the Sabbath? And um, so I went home and kind of 
did a little bit of research and the cross reference from that passage led me to, of course, the Ten Commandments where it talks about you know, keeping the Sabbath day holy. But there's a lot more to that where he's talk, God um, tags on that pretty much don't forget that I'm the one that pulled you out of slavery, mm. out of Egypt, and have brought you out from under slavery into the promised land. And um, the, the thing that I learned from that is that it was, it, you know, you think he would have said, remember that I rested on the seventh day, because, I mean, that's what he did, but... We know he didn't, it wasn't that he rested because he was tired. He just ceased creating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when he rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, out from under slavery, he didn't want them to then go back into slavery so that they could um, provide for themselves or be an oppressor to their fellow Israelites so that they can earn and gain wealth. I had to think about, you know, what did Sabbath mean for us and in in our family and and especially for me. And so um it just means to cease. Just to um there is a self-care aspect to it, but that's not the full thing of it. It's a self-denial mm-hmm. to say I'm not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not self-sufficient. I'm not the one holding things up. So when you take a rhythm of Sabbath, that's what you're saying is you're ceasing that mm-hmm. which um, you labor to, mm-hmm. to gain for as far as providing for your family. Um, but you're stopping long enough to say, God, you're the one that holds this all together, even by just the power of your word, the universe is spinning. Mm -hmm. And so I'm ceasing what I'm doing because it's you that really gives me, I have nothing apart from you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what I have, it's been given to me. I've not created it for myself Mm -hmm. or gotten it for myself. Mm -hmm. He's given it to me. And so um, it kind of looks like, you know, I I guess naturally it falls on Sunday for us. It's just enjoying that which God has put in front of Mm -hmm. me. And so I don't do any chores, even if the house is a wreck. (laughs) I tried my best um, during the week to catch up and get all the chores done as much as I can. It's kind of like the Israelites when they gathered extra manna in the wilderness preparing Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the Sabbath. Um, I tried Saturday night to get everything as much as possible done so I can make sure that there's a rhythm of ceasing Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday. And so it may be that we're playing games with the kids or we're outside or we're doing something that fills us Mm -hmm. or enjoying um, something that God has put in front of us, whatever Mm -hmm. that, whatever that may be. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I kind of like what you said. You kind of, figured out what it looked like for your context mm-hmm. and your family dynamic. And, um, we are commanded to take a Sabbath. Yeah. And, um, sometimes it takes two years for us to be <laughs> <laughs> yep. striving. Yeah. Um, but God, we all, we all, God has us all on our, uh, on different paths. So yeah. I think your story, um, really speaks to stepping out in faith. Mm-hmm. Like you said, saying yes, mm-hmm. uh, being obedient, 
Um, but one thing, one scripture that came to mind that I wanted to share that I felt like kind of, I don't know, put a little bow on it. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in 2019, when you started uh, really digging deep into scripture mm-hmm. and um, then 2020, when you, you sought out an answer mm-hmm. from the Lord expectantly, mm-hmm. this is what came to mind. In Psalm 5, verse 3, David, who is the writer of the psalm, says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Mm, That's good. And I love that verse because Mm -hmm. uh, it was one that I read um, recently and realized when I give my requests to the Lord and not, not requests like do this, do that, just when I lay out... Um, my neediness mm-hmm. and my my heart and my life before the Lord, mm-hmm. I can wait expectantly knowing that he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust in that. Yeah. And that's exactly kind of the journey. I think that sums up a little bit what the journey you went on for the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. thank Not you for that. sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, I think... Um, Knowing who God is has done a lot for me too. Studying mm-hmm. and beholding Him for who He is, and learning quickly that I am not those things, and it's a good thing that I'm not those things, um, has really um, deepened my trust in Him. And you know, seeing His interaction and His engagement with people in the Bible, He's a God that wants to walk with us. Mm. That's what we were created for. He wants to dialogue with us. He wants to be a part um, of our day-to-day, our moment-to-moment. You know, we oftentimes replace him for things that are created things, that are lesser things, things that are blind, mute, Mm -hmm. and deaf. But he's a God that sees, speaks, and hears. And... What greater thing to have that with the God of the universe, with the Mm -hmm. creator of the universe, you know, to think he wants to walk with me and dialogue with me and hears me Mm -hmm. and answers me. Oh, that makes me think of the Garden of Eden. Yo, that's it. That's what, that's where we're heading. Mm -hmm. That is the hope that we have. Communion with God. Yep. Communion with God for eternity. Mm -hmm. The shalom, peace, <laughs> the, the, the rest, the, rest, <laughs> the <laughs> Sabbath, yeah. you know, we, um, we get a taste of Sabbath from the work, the finished work mm-hmm. of Jesus, um, from the pen- penalty of sin, but, um, we still have, you know, the presence of sin here and the power of sin, mm-hmm. you know, sin nature doesn't go away, um, but we do have the Holy Spirit that's with us. Um, that is near to us during this time here on earth, but there's coming a a Sabbath where we won't be in the presence of sin anymore and we won't have to labor anymore against that sin nature. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the hope that we have is that there's going to be a final rest from that. And that's that's true Sabbath. Yep, and that's the hope we have. Yep, (laughs) absolutely. Well... 
Thank you, friend. Yeah. What a beautiful Thank story. Thank you, guys, for God's faithfulness and provision. Yeah. That we yeah. can't let you go <laughs> without asking you, what is something new that you are loving? Oh, man. Something new? Uh, maybe two things? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Do it. Okay. One of them is makeup. I know that may be kind of weird. No, that's not um, weird. Glow Wand by oh. Tarte. What is this? It gives you some radiance and some okay. glow, some youthfulness so and that's dewy. The glow you got going dewy. On, not something else. <laughs> Did you say glow on? Glow wand. Glow wand. It's by Tarte. By Tarte. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Just go on over your foundation or something. It, yeah, if it does better under your foundation, oh. so it's not so glowy. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yeah, like Moses coming off <laughs> yeah, Mount Sinai. <laughs> yep. That's uh-huh. what, that's what's really I know. Speaking. I need a veil. Um. <laughs> But I, I, I like it. I don't know. I don't know. That's fun. Maybe. Yeah. So I got that from like a social media influencer. <laughs> you know how they do nowadays yeah, they with products. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or influence you to buy all the things. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but then too, um, I love the Chosen series. I, just I find myself yes, today. Yes, I've heard I, of it, but where, what is it? Where is it? Okay. Explain. Oh man, um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm so I'm kind of late to the game. It's been out I think for over a year now. I think so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And they're in their second season. Yes. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. You can it's find it on 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 YouTube, YouTube but then they have Peacock. an app. Oh, is it? Yes, it, it is on Peacock. Peacock. That's right. Yeah. I forgot they um, um, had free. announced that for free. Absolutely. And they have an app, which I think they prefer, prefer you to, you use, to the use the app because they're eventually going to push it to the app. Yes. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The chosen, yeah. I think, uh-huh. is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still your no, no, here, no. Though, I'm glad you're watching it because I, I watched it today. So I feel I'm like so annoying <laughs> sometimes because I feel like so much of my conversation goes around that, but I love it because, I mean, let's be real. The scripture is drama. Yeah. And he, they do just an incredible job of of giving just this real life look into the lives of the people in the bible and it's not like this cheesy kind of take on the bible i mean i'm grateful for film in films in the past but this one i don't know it's just something Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. you get to see um characters perspective of jesus you get to see kind of uh likely what their background and their situation and their circumstance was, and you get to see the encounter that they had with Jesus and man, it brings them to life. It does. (laughs) And I'm sobbing like a baby. (laughs) Um, but I just highly recommend everybody to give it a chance. I've been needing some wholesome television to watch. Yeah. (laughs) And, And that's the funny, like you, so, I mean, um, I want to be careful here as far as portraying Jesus, but there in the show, there's a humor to Jesus mm-hmm. and I love it mm-hmm. because you, I mean, you think about some of the remarks that he had to the Pharisees and just kind of, yeah. And I love seeing just the, the humor and the personality of Jesus um, come out in this show yeah and then even like his interaction with kids mm. and just how cool yeah his his response is just a long you know it's like I want to know you <laughs> yeah even more just mm-hmm. even just seeing him displayed just through the simplicity of this tv series right. yeah it's crazy but yeah that's awesome. kind of what I'm loving right now 
glow, glow on, on. <laughs> glow on, <laughs> and then chose it. Yeah, <laughs> two different things. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Five Seventeen Life Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by Celeste's story to trust God with the big and small moments of your life. If you would like to connect with Celeste, you can do so through Instagram or Facebook. Connect with the 517 Life Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, and you can email us at podcastattheexchange.cc. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss a minute of life.